99 drinks still left to go Welcome all in and enjoy the show It's me though with E, I'm the host You know, so sit back, relax, grab a snack and let's go Welcome back to the 99 Dreams Podcast. I'm Rauri, but if this is your first time listening, welcome into the 99 Dreams Podcast. Glad to have you here. Today is going to be a great episode. I'm joined today by an Otago Māori hockey player. He's he's an exceptional hockey player. Um, He's just finished his honours not too long ago, so he's hella intelligent, hella athletic, and bro, Glad to have you on the show. Welcome, everybody. Nick Parata. Welcome, brother. How are you? Good, boy. How are you? Bro, I'm, I'm good now. Better now that we've got you on the show. Oh, How's bro. This? Stop it, you. Yeah, not bad, boy. Not too bad. I mean, before good, we get bro. any further, can we just get you to give us a bit of a call? Why, Norway? Who you are? Where you're from? Of course, boy. Uh, kia ora whanau. Um, Kawai. My name's Nick, I'm from Dunedin, uh, but I'm Māori Whakapapa back up to Kapiti Coast, Wellington, Waikato Way, um, Taranaki, uh, as Rawiri will probably yeah. point out <laughs> throughout the potty. Um, yeah, so all, all over the motu, all over the country, um, but yeah, from born and raised uh, in Dunedin. Mean, then we're always, always glad to have Fano from the Taranaki Maunga on the show. <laughs> I think we're oversaturated with Fano from Taranaki on this show, but hey, I'm here for it. Hey, hey, <laughs> now, bro, to be done. I've got to be done. Oh, 100%, man. 100%. We got to. We got to keep the, uh, what do we call it? Keep the, the manga alive. Keep the tanga strong. That's how we do up in here. <laughs> <laughs> but I got this uh, this new segment that we brought onto the show. Uh, my cousin introduced it. Uh, the first time we did it was with Breezen on the podcast. So we've got this thing. I don't know where he said he stole it from, but it's, it's your rock and your rose, your highs and your lows. So what's been the rock bottom and what's been sweet like a rose in this Ooh. past week for you? Well, two weeks. You've had a few adventures around the motu lately. So yeah, yeah. let's go with the last month. What's been your rock and your rose for the last oh. month? Yes, that's yeah, the month. The month that's been has been pretty. It's yeah, pretty hectic. But at the same time, haven't done a hell of a lot. Um, I think the rose would have to have probably been just got back from Mount Cook with a mate. Uh, this oh, Thursday, uh, just got back with him, so that was pretty sick. Um, getting out of Dunners and sort of getting to explore what we've got in Aotearoa. Um, so that probably has to be the peak of the last sort of week, last sort of month. Um, rock bottom pff, dissertation hand in was pretty rough. <laughs> um, the last sort of two days leading into hand in was yeah, not not fun, not great, but hey, it has to be done. Um, and we got there in the end. Well, can you tell us a little bit more about the uh, emotional roller coaster that is a uh, dissertation hand in? Oh, where do I start? Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> You, th- you think you're on track, you think you've got all the chapters, all the points nailed down, and then you get your feedback from your supervisors, and all of a sudden you've got to rewrite a whole chapter in three days, and you're like, oh, shit, here we go. Like, thought you're on track. 
And then come Friday, you think like you've done your full draft, you've addressed all the feedback and then you get more feedback and it's, handed, it's due in the three hours and you're just still addressing <laughs> feedback, still getting more. It's, yeah, you, you definitely go through a lot of highs and lows in that sort of week. You feel like you're on top of the world, you finished your full draft and then all of a sudden um, you're getting feedback three hours beforehand and you're like, oh, here we go, sweet. <laughs> It is a rough period of time, eh, bro? Like, <laughs> I remember doing something similar when I was handing in, but that was just because of my own stupidity. Because <laughs> <laughs> didn't you have to, didn't you, like, restart most of your honours? Yeah, man, like, two and a half weeks out, I, I just wasn't liking where it was going, so I started from scratch. And, hey, it worked out. We got first-class honours, so it'll hey, work for you too, bro. Trust me. Just, just chucking that slight flex in there as well for yourself. I don't think many listeners will know or care. <laughs> uh, hey, I mean, hey Christmas... some may. Yeah, yeah, true. And those that do, thank you. <laughs> true. And those that do, it doesn't always work out for you. Sometimes you have to start from scratch and start a podcast. Not always hey. is. Uh... And the potty's going well as well. Like you're doing bloody mean at the moment. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Thanks. Appreciate that. One thing I will ask as well is related to that um, dissertation this year is how the fuck did you balance everything? You've had so much going on. Like, for those that don't know, we, we have uh, on Mondays where we meet regularly at 9am every week where we all just sort of talk about what we've been up to and how our progress is going. Mine is never going great. But this guy's always rushing over from work. He's like, oh, sorry, fine. I'm going to be like five, ten minutes late. I'm just coming over from work. And I'm just like, bro, how the fuck do you manage as well as, you know, your sporting achievements? What the fuck? Um, honestly, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. I think it's just in terms of workload, I am someone that really wants to get things done and wants to stick to a timeline. So I give myself however long to get something done in particular, whether it's a chapter, whether it's addressing feedback, stuff like that. I give myself a time limit. So if it's not done by then, then that's my sort of first priority to get that out of the way before moving on to something else. So I'm still, I feel like I'm still busy, but I'm not overloading myself with new content that I just got no clue on. In terms of sports side of things, I think it's just time management, trying to figure out trainings, uh, games, trying to like any sort of spare time I've got, like what can I do to sort of best utilize my time so I'm not going to be behind the eight ball come two weeks time when I've got an assignment due sort of thing. Right. Yeah, bro, that's hectic. I wish I had that. (laughs) I wish I had that, man. Uh, sometimes it's like you feel like you're on top and then other times you feel like you're getting ground and pound by John Jones in the UFC and you you can't see the light like it's pretty yeah it's pretty shit but when it comes through it comes through and you feel mean afterwards <laughs> yeah true there I mean there's so many times even with this bloody thesis that I'm currently working on where you're like fuck it I could be keen to just play on the wrong side of the road for a little bit. <laughs> Wait for some oncoming traffic or something like that. <laughs> play chicken with the trucks oncoming. Exactly, bro. Um, so, what? 
obviously you're, you're into hockey. What other sports are you into? Let the people know. Two main sports. Yeah, obviously hockey. Uh, other sport probably be cricket. Those would be my two mains. So one winter, one summer. Um, apart from that, anything that's got a ball, a stick, or you can run in, um, I'm all for pretty much every single sport that's out there. I would have either played, tried, had a go at, um, yeah, anything sport related, fitness, exercise, I'm all into. And how did that sort of, you know, enthusiasm for sports and movement influence what you did in your thesis? That's, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I think if we're, if we were to start right from the beginning, right from day dot sort of thing, um, my parents were quite influential in terms of I had to play at least one sport um, until the age of 16, I think it was. And then from there, I could do whatever I wanted to do, whether that was continue playing sport or go off and do something else. Um, so my parents were very influential in terms of my upbringing and sort of my love for sport in general. Um, and obviously that never wavered. I've still carried that through all, all my life. Um, so when it came to uni, I always wanted to do something sport related. Um, and then the, my first year was when the PE degree first changed. So it was the first year of the new PE degree. And I was like, oh yeah, like that sounds awesome. Like exercise science, it sounds like something that I could do. So I enrolled for that. And then I guess the rest is history. Yeah. Went through undergrad, um, did postgrad this year, obviously. And then we'll see what happens in the next few years. Yo, that's on. That's on. And so, just talk a little bit more about your uh, university journey and how, how that all panned out. How did you decide and how did you come to that fork in the road where you're like, fuck it, I enjoyed this torturous three-year degree or four-year degree. I want to do a little bit more in post-grad. Um, I think it's like, again, going back to sort of my upbringing, like I've always enjoyed the study side of things. Um, when I was at high school, I didn't know how to study and it sort of reflected in my exam results a wee bit. I was very much an internal type of guy, didn't like exams, hated the stress, the build up. But once it was over, I felt mean. Um, so coming into uni, I was like, okay, that's one area. If I'm going to give this a good shot, that's one area that I really want to try and sort of focus on a bit more. Um, so yeah, coming into uni, did three years. If you were to tell me in start of first year that I would have done postgrad I would have told you that you were lying <laughs> I would have laughed in your face and said you were full of shit um it wasn't until maybe 300 maybe started 300 level where I was like I could actually see myself doing one more year and just sort of seeing how it goes and this was um uh after I did 206 specs 206 and specs 306 which I've talked about previously on the podcast with a couple um with a couple people and that, that sort of exercise science, cope up and moldy side of things, what really interests me. And I thought the more I did it, the more I fell in love with it. And then, yeah, next next phase was postgrad doing exercise science, cope up and moldy. No, I guess what was your experience like in 206? We've heard a lot about that paper in this podcast and we've heard great yeah. things, but it's always interesting to get other people's perspectives. So what was your perspective in that paper? I, th I think Jade summed it up really well in terms of you're sitting there, you're listening to Chanel and then all of a sudden you're just like, you haven't taken any notes down, but you're just like, I should be, I should be listening to this. Like, this is really important, but you just haven't, you're in so, you're in so much awe of 
AMJ, Chanel, Inono, when I was um, 206, and the knowledge that they have, that you just sort of forget to take notes and you're just sort of sitting there being like, oh my God, like they're the goats, like they're, they're amazing, they're unreal. Um, so for me, I relate on that sense, but at the same time, my Māori journey wasn't so clear cut compared to some other people. Um, I didn't do any kapahaka. I didn't do any sort of Māori um, centric things through high school. It wasn't until 100 level kiorahi papers um, and specs 102 and then 206 where I was like, actually, this is this is my niche. Like this is what I enjoy. So it wasn't until uni that I actually found like the kopapa Māori side of things and my Māori um, heritage, my whakapapa, all that sort of thing. It wasn't until, I, it wasn't discovered, sorry, until uni. That's me. That's like, everyone's journey is different. Um, not everyone is blessed to have had so much um, exposure to tao Māori uh, mm. growing up. So yeah, how is your journey so far? Like, what's it been like? It's, uh, yeah, it's been... So, yeah we talked about it at the start it's been highs and lows peaks and troughs um like the one thing i regret is not doing kapahaka or um even polyfest back at um high school um not sort of engaging in that as much as probably what i would have wanted to looking back at it now but at the time i just had no interest in it or i just didn't have that sort of upbringing or that um embrace in the moldy side of things to our moldy um so coming coming into uni, it was a bit of a culture shock, learning more about myself. Um, to Kahurangi, who you've had previously, um, I was talking to her, and she was like, "Oh, you've your dad's got shares in a property up in Taranaki," and I was just like, "How the hell do you know that?" And before before we even started talking about it, she's like, "Oh, is your dad's name Ross Parata?" And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "How do you know that?" And she was just, "Oh, your dad's got shares in land up in Taranaki, like shares of." My whānau, I was just like, oh, my God, like, small wee world. Here we go. Um, so it was that side of things. I was just like, that's awesome that we can connect. Got no idea who each other are, but you're still able to connect so easily. Oh, yeah, that's the beauty of oh, Māori. Yeah. There's, there's a link. There's a connection in there somewhere. It's just how deep do you want to go? Oh, pretty much. And that was what Takahurangi said. It's like, I could go through records on records of all like Māori land owners, stuff like that. Like, how deep do you want to go? Nah, she, she's a treasure too, that girl. She's amazing. Oh, 100%. So, what's next for your cultural journey? Well, what, what are some of the things that you'd like to get ticked off? Um, Great question. I think I want to do pardon me, I want to do um, a Tadeo course next year. Um, where and when that would be, I'm not too sure. But I think after being in Te Koronga this year, I think um, I want to learn how to speak more more confidently rather than just your basic kia ora, kwe, so on and so forth. Yeah. Actually hold a proper conversation. Um, so definitely in terms of my Māori journey, Tadeo is up there on the list, probably number one. Um, and apart from that, just keep playing multi hockey, um, keep engaging in that sort of co-popper and just staying close to in- anything and everything multi pretty much. Um, not sort of going back to where I was at the start of my journey and not engaging with it, but any opportunity that I get is sort of 10 toes down straight into it. Like you're there or you're not 
um, getting stuck straight into those things. Yo, that's mean. One piece of advice I do have um, is if you get the opportunity to do uh, a real course that is Tautarangi based with the little quiz and air rods, do that hands down is the best method of learning te because you're forced to speak it rather than write it down and learn that way. Yeah, because my dad did one, he did night classes or years and years and years ago. And I talked to him about it. I was like, how'd you find it? And he's just like, oh, like once use it or lose it. Like he learned it and could hold a conversation for a month or so. But the less you use it, the more you just lost it. And now he, he knows some of it, but not hardly any of it. Yeah, that's so true though. If you're not speaking or if you don't have a, a designated space or time that you um, caught it or Māori, then yeah, a lot of it, for, for beginner learners anyway, yeah. a lot of it sort of disappears after a while. It's a, it's a whole bloody process. Yeah. It's a whole bloody process. Um, where it's, I work currently, Māori talks about it all the time. So how how does Māori hockey contribute to your um, your journey in Tao Māori? I first, well, I guess again, going back to the roots, um, I first started playing Māori hockey in 20, shivers, when was that, 2018? Um, I was a bit special. Um, I got asked to play for the Māori, New Zealand Māori team juniors because they're pretty short, short of players. Um, I got asked to play, have never been to a multi hockey tournament before in my life. Um, and it was, I think they said it was the first, first person to, um, to have done that, to sort of played for them, but not gone through multi hockey tournament. So that was a bit, um, nerve wracking to say the least. I don't think I felt very out of my comfort zone. Like, again, this is at the very start of my multi journey and being thrusted straight into that sort of thing. Um, having to learn haka, waiata, um, we got welcomed onto the marae, stuff like that. All, everything that I'd done before, but just a lot more intense and just something that I wasn't quite used to. Um, so that was my first sort of taste, I guess. And ever since then, it's just been, oh my God, I want to do more. I want to go to Māori hockey tournament every year. I want to learn more white. I want to learn more haka, so on and so forth. Um, so my journey through Māori hockey has definitely influenced my my multi journey in general um and it was probably the first sort of point um as i said that i was like actually this is something i want to get into a bit more yeah that's on and so when's your guys next tournaments we we, can we watch you can indeed so we've got um we've got heritage tournament easter weekend next year so what's that april 2023 um, so we've got a heritage tournament, which is uh, New Zealand Senior Tane or New Zealand Senior Men's and Women's or Tane Wahine, um, New Zealand Indians, New Zealand Pacifica and a New Zealand Barbarians team. Okay. So it's just a four-team tournament, uh, round robin over Easter weekend. Um, so we've got a squad of 30 at the moment that needs to be narrowed down. So I'm not sure when all that will go ahead. I'm not sure when they'll narrow it down or how they'll do it, um, but I'm sure we'll find out in due time. Yo, that's on. And you can watch on YouTube. I think there'll be live streams. Yo, well, send us through the links when it happens, bro, and I'll, I'll post it up on the, on, on here for everyone to watch. 100%. Yeah, man, I definitely know there'll be people interested in watching, man. It's, but who doesn't like watching a bit of sport? Oh, hey, it's a good it's a good pastime as well if you've got study to do. 
you can just have it on another screen. You're just like sitting there watching as you're typing away. I feel like that's a dangerous uh, route to go down because then you end up watching more than you're writing. Yep, yep. And then you start watching other sport that's completely off topic of what you were originally going to watch. That happens with me during the NBA season. It's just dual screens going, couple of games, no writing, no work, but we're all good. See, that's why I'm happy that cricket season is in the summer when uni's not on. Because otherwise, if it was like World Cup, I'd just have the cricket on there. We're talking about even with like the Black Ferns when they were on, it was the last two weeks of dissertation writing. <laughs> and I had Jill's screen, I had Black Ferns there, I was typing away, and I had my headphones, and then all of a sudden would score a try and I'd look over. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, this, I'm not going to get any work done, am I? Nope. But it, it, it's the journey, it's the process. It's that, it's that fucking trust the process that we always hear about. Oh, the amount of times that got used in the office this year. Trust the process, it'll get done. <laughs> I was a bit sick of it by the end of it. Bro, fuck the process is what I'm thinking. <laughs> fuck the process, I just want the product. Oh, it's not a, everyone says it's not about, uh, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. It's like, nah, I just want to get to the destination as quick as possible. Everyone who says that hasn't written a fucking thesis or a dissertation. They can shove that shit up their ass. (laughs) (laughs) I say quite a bit, but not in terms of study, in terms of everything else. Yeah. But when it comes to study, you shove that right up your fucking ass. (laughs) Bang on. That's the best advice I can give anyone going through that. It's just anyone that sees trust the process to shut that shit up your fucking ass. Oh, I'm full of it. <laughs> exactly. So in terms of study, what's next? Are you going to continue study or is that something you might look at later on down the line and just enjoy your time that you've got at the moment? You cut out for a bit there on the, um, on the recording, but I think I know what you asked. I think in terms of future plans, um, not too sure. I want to go back and do study. So I want to go back and do a master's, um, probably not next year. Um, at this stage, it's probably likely going to be 2024. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're shaking your head. Don't, don't do, it. do it. I know. But, oh, nah, it's calling me back. I'm a sucker for punishment. I want to go back. Nah, 100%. With your dedication, bro, you can probably get through it. Yeah, well, we'll, yeah, we'll soon see. I don't think I was going to get through honours and then made it out the other end okay. So we'll, we'll give Masters a crack. But, yeah, hopefully I'll want to go back for one more year at least. Um, and then I think that's probably where I'm going to cut it off. Yeah. And so you're just going to enjoy next year, take the break? Um, yeah, I'll, th- I'll probably look at working full-time. Um, where that is, not too sure. Um, still looking around. It'll probably be based in Dunedin again, um, just because Farno's here, mum and dad, um, try and save a bit of money where possible sort of thing. Um, oh, fuck yeah yeah because if, if, living costs are so expensive at the moment so it's just like oh shit oh yeah save money where you can sort of thing so I was like I'll look for a job in Dunedin uh, mum and dad are awesome they're just like oh you can until like you can just chill at home and like as long as you're searching for jobs obviously but like <laughs> um, not just sitting on your ass playing PlayStation <laughs> um, but it's like yeah. yeah that's a career path these days oh I'm not good enough. I'm awful. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually trash. You see good chat and people will watch that shit. They'll be like, I don't give a fuck. He sucks, but he's funny. Oh, uh, that's the one thing I struggle with as well is chat. <laughs> 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 uh, 
I, I couldn't do Twitch streaming or anything like that. I'd struggle too, too much. I'd get too caught up in the game. <laughs> well, then you got to play those, um, what are they, those GTA RPs? Yeah. Have seen those? Fuck. They seem to be doing bloody well at the moment. Bro, they look fun, man. They look like so much fun. That's that shit, though, that they you just go on with mates and just talk shit for hours and just act the goat and just ha- not have a care in the world. Like, that's the stuff that I would be like, yeah, yeah. that's mean. Yeah. Bro, you can be like a... Whatever you can't be in the real world, you know? You can be a serial killer on, on that if you want to be. Be a hitman. <laughs> exactly. Get, get paid. Yeah, you can be a taxi driver. <laughs> shit, the, the possibilities are endless. Exactly, man. Like, I don't think in real life I'd want to be a taxi driver, but, you know, in GTA, I could, I could drive a cab for 15 bucks. Hey, whatever brings the bills, whatever pays the bills, sorry. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, shit. So, how was your trip? Like, me, I said it in the first one, I fucking hate camping, I hate hiking, but how was it? Yeah, good. Really, really good. Loved it. Um, So, I'm quite... Again, quite thankful for my mate. He's got um, he's got a self-contained van, so we pretty much just he plans a trip. We'll go, split the costs evenly, and then just sort of camp out there for a few days. Um, sadly, his van actually got broken into. Not too sure, like three weeks, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Just all of his nothing got stolen. Just all of his windows got smashed, and so we couldn't take it away um, on the trip. Just been just because it was still getting repaired. Um, but we just camped at the wee campground and yeah, it was amazing. Like I, that sort of side of things I love. Um, I love the outdoors. I love going for nature walks, uh, sunsets, sunrises, all that sort of base, basic white girls things. But I, that's me to a T. Like I love that shit so much. Yeah, see, nah, you got to be that kind of person now. Otherwise that shit's just fucking torture. Oh, because we actually went for a swim. Um, there was a wee glacial lake that still had icebergs in it and the water was three de- like three degrees. So me and my mate, oh, there's my flatmates just arrived home. Um, <laughs> me me and my mate went for a wee swim um, in the glacial lake and it was actually quite good. It was pretty refreshing. Bro, fuck that. Fuck that. It was, that was it's too good. damn cold. Well, no. You get sick, man. True, but we had, um, we saw two um, European uh, tourists and one was from Czech Republic, and I think the other one's from Norway. And they were swimming around in that shit like it was nothing. Like they were in for because they come from the ice. They were in there for it a few minutes at least. And me and my mate, me and my mate were in there for thirty seconds tops. Like we went under, we went, came back up, and we were out. Like we were not staying in there any longer than we needed to be. Oh yeah, no fuck that. Did you get any good photos? Yeah, unreal photos. Some absolute stunners. We walked up to um, Mule Hut up the top of, uh, I don't know what mountain it's on, um, one of the mountain ranges off um, Auraki. Um, so we walked up to Mule Hut and that was unreal. We actually got told by the dock ranger that we probably weren't going to be able to get up because the weather was too bad. Um, the visibility was next to none and first thing in the morning. And then when we went up, sort of early afternoon by the time we got up to the plateau before you sort of go into the snow it all it all cleared up completely like it was beautiful yeah that's a vibe 
yeah it was good and like it's one of those things as well as like it sucks going up and coming back down but the views just make it worth it yeah yeah see i can see all that shit on instagram i don't need to go who are you talking to about that on the podcast you were talking to someone about that i remember it and i was just like oh but you gotta <laughs> experience it for yourself man like it's not the same I think I was, uh, well like it kind of is if you like got those vr goggles you're sweet ass <laughs> fuck yeah they are Every, good. everything goes digital these days exactly i don't need to leave my living room and i can climb that mountain because we um me and my mate actually had a good chat about it up there um he's quite good at photography while well, he's started getting into it and he's actually quite talented and he's we were talking about how the photos you take don't actually capture the scale of what you're sort of surrounded in like the mountains are many many kilometers high but if you just take a photo of it on your sort of iphone it's just a photo of a mountain like it looks cool but you don't quite see the scale but he's got like a proper camera and i went up onto the sort of rock ledge i might i might even send you the photo if you want to chuck it in the youtube video yeah um but there's me on a rock ledge and he's a couple hundred meters away and he's taking a photo and it's just me looking down over this rock ledge and it's the mountains in behind and i'm literally a pixel on the photo and it just sort of shows you the scale of everything you're surrounded and it's like holy shit like this is massive no that is yeah that is a kind of like a bonus of the hiking like i've only been yeah to glenorchy out those ways once so and that was it was fun but yeah like it was fun but it wasn't depends what weather you get as well like we got really lucky like we got mostly all sunshine apart from a wee bit of rain on the last day when we were leaving but apart from that the weather was unreal but if it was cold windy raining then it would have been probably a pretty shit time (laughs) it was up and down we had like bits of rain we had uh, a storm come through oh, then it was sunny as fuck so it was, it was hella confusing we did river crossings and shit like that oh yeah no we weren't quite that bad yeah fucking although i will say like i wouldn't recommend drinking that much um river water but it, it was it was it was quite refreshing straight off the the mountaintops oh this that's probably the best part there's something about just fresh mountain range, like running water that just hits different. Like it tasted so good, like so much better than yeah. the tap water you get back in Dunners. Although I do think it still needs to be filtered. I think it still needs to be filtered. There's probably more bacteria and chemicals in there and never drink the water out of, out of a river. If you see animals nearby, because they're probably pissing shit in that. So go further up the mountain. Yeah, we got ours right from up top. Like we, we just got um, fresh like snow from the very top up by Mueller Hut and we filled up our drink bottles with ice. So then on the way back down, we like chuck them in our shirts because we were sweating. And we just chuck them in our shirts and try and melt it with our body heat. So then we'd have water on the oh, way back yo. down. Yo, that's a vibe. And did you did you get to do the, um, the PE camp or was it gone by the time you got there? Gone, brother. Gone. Gym and dance? Nah, gone. Ah, we missed out on all the good. Yeah, we missed out on all the good stuff, bro. Because I hear about like you, Tash, all talk about it. All the old fetters talk about how good like hundred level PE was, and we had specs. Like specs was all good, but we didn't do any of that shit. And I was just like, fuck. 
Like, that would have been mean. That would have been awesome. Right, it's definitely like a highlight of university life. It was gym, dance, and camp. Oh, fuck. The days. We Those got, um, days. we did tour, uh, in 206 Noho, we did dance as like one of the activities. So we got a wee. That's right. Yeah, that was a, that year. Yeah, we got a wee taste snippet of it, but nothing in comparison to what you guys had, which I was not dark about, but I was like pretty gutted. Did you have fun with that? Oh, it was so much fun. Because it's one of those things, again, you can just act the goat with your mates and no one cares. Like, it's just all laughs, nothing else. Like, it's just so yeah. much fun. Shout out Benja for setting that up. He was the one that organized that in the hall. Really? Oh, Benji, you legend. That was, yeah, that was main. He, he's the goat for that. that. Yeah, that was so much fun. I think I rotated through most of the activities and I went to the um, dance I think I rocked up with Danny and maybe Charlie. Yep. Because, yeah, because yeah, I remember you three in my group and it was so much oh, fun. that's right. Yeah, I was with your group that went there. That's right. Oh, oh bro, we were just, I couldn't stop laughing the whole entire time. Well, I, I can't even remember the dance anymore. I know there was like a, a hand swing, a hand swing, and then a, a spin. I remember there was... um. Oh, there was like a dance move where you had to like, like jump to the side. Oh yeah, at the, the soldier boy. Yeah, we soldier boy. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> we soldier boy at the start. That was crack up. Oh shit! Yeah, man, that was a good time. That was a good time. To be fair, and then you guys did walk up the Yeah, I was gonna say to be fair, that dance was the highlight of the Noho. That was like so much fun. No, like Noho and Kyodahi were pretty good, but like dance was a, a sort of flashback to the past of what we didn't get, so it was quite nice to experience it. Bro, yeah, nah, I think a lot of students said that was that was a highlight for them was that dance sesh, and Sophia she brings that energy. She oh, is next level. She's goated. She was so good. I remember after our um, because like we have a gym and dance breakup, we go to starters. And we get ripped, bro. I remember her. She was trolley days, like smacking a pack of thurries. She was just chopping beers, and I was like, "Yo, let's Fuck. go!" Jesus, legend, absolute ledge. Sure, that's not what you would expect from your dance teacher. <laughs> exactly, but fuck, it was fun. We we're like, "Yo, chug it, man!" Oh, uh, you're not helping with my FOMO. <laughs> Yeah, man, we, we could reminisce about those glory days forever. What about your time on Pema? You're you are, you are a Pema alum. What was your time on Pema like? Good. Again, it's just another um, aspect of uni that I loved. Um, I first, so again, going back to the roots, as, as per, as always, <laughs> um, I started working at Unipol um, Recreation Services down here in um, Otago, right after COVID, the first COVID lockdown. Um, I was lucky enough to um, get a job there and I happened to meet uh, Tasha Burden. And shout out Tash. Shout out Tash. Um, big dog Tash. Uh, she, <laughs> she, she'll hate me saying that as well. Um, <laughs> she, I was on shift with her one day and she's like, oh, are you moldy? I was like, yeah. She's like, and you, stu- and you study PE? I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, come join Pima. Like, come along to one of our Pima nights. And after talking to you and Hennymore, 
that is how it starts every single time. It's like, oh, are you moldy? Oh, do you study PE? Oh, come along to FIBA. Hands down, every single time without fail, that's how we recruit all everyone from PIMA pretty much. Oh, that's oh. just the rite of passage. <laughs> oh, was, yeah. So after hearing that, I found that quite funny. But yeah, so we went along to PIMA's fortnight, which was in Logan Park Gymnasium, where I think oh, I, I think I met you. Who else? Who else was there? Benja. Benja was there, yep. Um, was that... Is that the one where Jade nutmeg that guy? Yep. And that's also the one where I think I bowled a chick over. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That was a good time. It was a good time until I bowled that chick over and I was like, oh, shit. First impression's oh, shit. really good. It's supposed to just like, yeah. It was, oh, it was completely accidental as well. I felt so bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, what, so joined after that. Sorry? Were you just hooked after that? Yeah, bro, 100%. Um, uh, pretty much after that sport night, kept in comms with Tash. And then I think it might have been recently, or sorry, not recently, not far after, um, there was the PMA AGM. And I went, went along to that and sort of, registered my interest on being on Pima the following year and then the rest is history was accepted or accepted into Pima like it <laughs> sounds bad um yeah joined Pima and then was on Pima exec for two years yo that's a good stint it's a good stint it, it, just, it was rough though you guys all kind of jumped on during that COVID period so there's a whole yeah. bunch of uncertainty you couldn't really do a lot and then on top of that, there's that whole controversy around uh, what, what are they calling that shit? Biculturalism. Yep. Yep. And all that pressure what, to yeah. perform. Yeah. And it was also at the same time, like Pima, well, sorry, it was the first or few, first few years of the new PE degree. So it was Specs. So we're like, there was talks about name change from Pima to like Specs or something like that. It was just like, nah, just keep it the same. Like, it's it's the OG. You can't change it. Yeah, I remember uh, there's a lot of combos about that. Yeah, no, it's so hard too because you pretty much have to reforge the identity of what Pema is um, with that yeah. degree change. Yeah, hundred percent. And there's a lot of other stuff behind the background that you just don't realize until you're there in person. You're like, oh shit, we can't do this as easily as we thought. Like we have to go through a whole process. Yeah, it's hectic, eh? But it teaches you so much. What are some of the key learnings that you you picked up or gained from Pema? Um, Whakapunangatanga would Mm. definitely be number one, um, just in terms of building relationships, not just within the group, but with other uh, rōpū around uh, University of Otago. Um, Definitely Māori Centre and stuff like that were big sort of players in terms of we want to keep on these guys good side but also we want to make sure that all the events that we go to we have a good time we enjoy each other's company um and make new friends while you're there like that's the whole point of university i feel besides the study i should say um (laughs) is to is to make friends and sort of enjoy each other's company whether that be old friends new friends people you don't know people you haven't seen in ages um like the whole point is just to sort of engage with everyone so Whakapanongatanga would definitely be number one. And then just time management, again, going back to that old chestnut. 
um, just trying to make sure able to meet, get to meetings on time, make deadlines, so on and so forth, all that sort of boring stuff. You really learn like the ins and outs of what a meeting is supposed to be, eh? Being on that exec. You, you learn the hard way well not the hard way but you learn quickly yeah like fucking minutes and agendas and being there on time i remember the pima agm that i like um went to to join pima and it was all official we had um we had a chair we had co-chair we had minute taker we had treasury secretary all that sort of stuff i was just so out of my depth i was just sitting there wide-eyed like what do i do here holy shit bro it's, it's hectic i i missed my first one when i got um voted on to pema i wasn't there uh i was at work yeah man i was working and they were messaging the wrong guy uh, when benja comes on i'll try to get him to tell it because he was there um and then the first time i actually met the ball um, like Benja, Mo, uh, Auntie Stace, uh, I think it was JT and Odie as well. Uh, oh, and Cheyenne, they were all on the exec in my first year. But the first time I met them was they were just like, oh, we're all having a piss up, come through. So I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> safe. Rocked up with my box of beers. And uh, I, I can't remember whose house we were at, but yeah, bro, that's, that's how my Pima started off. I, I was yeah. uh, applying to be on the regular, the Pākehā exec. And then JT was in there watching to see if any Māori were coming through. And, you know, just like, yo, we'll take you. The so old how... grab by the shirt collar just yank you away. He's like, nah, you're coming over here. <laughs> yeah, bro. And do not regret it. it it's, it's an amazing journey. I loved being in Pema. I think that's why I was oh, there for so long. bro. Yeah. And it's one of those things as well. It's like once you're there, you can't leave. Um once you've been in that environment, you're a tour kinda to the other ones coming through, like you is you can't easily slip under the rug from now on, like your <laughs> point of call point of call whenever you need it sort of thing. Like yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, bro. How do you think that sort of transition from Pema into Tekoronga, like kind of did it help and assist you into integrating into Tekoronga? Hundred percent. Definitely. I don't think I don't think if I was in PIM, I don't think um, post-grade would have been on the cards. I think I got a taste of post-grade through PIMA in terms of from you, um, from Tikahurang East um, and some others from the other tour kind I should say, um, and sort of seeing what they were doing and sort of seeing the work. And I was just like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I want to do that. Like, that's something that interests me, um, but just in a different area. And seeing you guys excel in the areas that you were in, I was like, oh, nah, like I have to do this. Like I want to, I want to be one of them. Like I want to be a tour kind of for someone else. Um, in sort of that area, I was like, yeah, nah, I can see myself doing it. So in terms of Pima, like had a massive influence on sort of my journey into Tekoronga, but also we had a couple meetings or not meetings, sorry. We had a couple of times that Pima and Tekoronga sort of overlapped, um, whether that was like for Noho Marae trips, so I got to meet a few, a few, a few sorry, of the tour kind of um, before moving into Tikoranga. So I already built that relationship again, going back to Fakafunangatanga. Um, I already had that relationship before going in, which made the whole transition into Tikoranga a lot easier. Yeah, bro, it, it's such a fun environment. Like at face value, and this is this is probably how it goes down. 
back to how well it's run and like how good of a leader AMJ and Chanel are is like it's always thriving and the they always get the best out of their students like oh 100% every single time bro it's yeah it's phenomenal and now you're 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 a part of the the TK Fano for life now <laughs> again once you're in you can't get away you can't leave Brotherhood and the final is just expanding, <laughs> bro. Well, the new center next year, bro. Vibes. It's it's getting bigger. Vibes, and I mean even this year with the interns, how many interns we have? It's mean. Yeah, that's what that's what I was just about to say. Is I was like, we're getting bigger and bigger by the second. Because who was it? It was me, Henny Moore, last year over summer. I think there was just two of us. And now yeah, all of a sudden there's four, four or five? Five, I think. Who do I mean? Yeah. No, wait, more. No, nah, because I've got Emma Jones is doing an internship this summer. Um, yep. Tani, he's doing yep. one. Tani Whitehead. Henny Moore's doing one. Um, yep. Then they've got these other two and Leah. Yeah, shit, true. I only met the other two on Monday, but I can't remember their names. Sorry, team. Uh, Will Whelan is one. I know, I know that. I can't remember the other guy. Apologies, yeah. but it's all good. It's me. Farno's growing, getting bigger. Um, need to get some more time in there, man. <laughs> I was just about to say. I was like, the one thing I remember from Benja is when I first joined Tikoring. Was oh, it's always good to see another Tane come into the group because nothing wrong with Wahine Toa, but we've got a lot of Wahine and we're getting outnumbered. <laughs> Yeah, bro. Nah, they're, they're amazing academics. Oh, wow. and they, they keep us uh, striving for greatness. They really do. They keep us in line. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, ah, uh, it's just trying to reach their excellence. They're like, holy shit, bro. man. 100%. Well, yeah, we need some more. We want some more Tane. Hard out. Hard out. Bring back Jack. Bring back Jack. Oh, should we get that trending on Twitter or something? Hashtag bring back Jack. Hashtag bring back Jack. I miss I miss <laughs> that guy in that space. Oh, you, he's, you he's just another well. one as well. Oh, did I? I don't think I can live up to that expectation of Jack. Fuck, that's that's a tough. Those are some tough boots to fill. Oh, you did well. You did well. You, you followed in a similar trajectory. Just as busy, if not, you might have been a little <laughs> bit more busier. Um, managed to get your shit done on time. It was good. Oh, yeah, well, he, he might come back in a few years' time, hopefully. Yeah, he's, he's thinking about it. We'll, we'll get him on the show. I think I've got him booked in mid-January, so we'll get his side right, of the story. Right. <laughs> I look forward to hearing from him. We won't, yeah, we'll stop speaking on his behalf. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we've reached that time in the show where we dip into the dream box. So... The way this works, bro, is I'm pretty sure you've heard this and everyone else who listens often hears this, but if this is your first time listening, the dream box is a box where dreams get stored. They don't die in this box. They just get temporarily stored until people achieve their dreams. Uh, There's quite a lot in there now, which is great. Um, And eventually, they're going to go up on that back wall there or wherever the fuck my new office will end up being one day. (laughs) 
and we get to live out people's dreams. We get to make sure that people achieve them. So the next time Nick comes on the show, then we'll say how much closer are you to achieving your dream? If it was, you know, like, where did I write? I think I wanted to own a McLaren. I'm not quite there yet. Like $359,000 away from my uh, McLaren, but we're getting there. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, bro, but that's why it's a dream. True, very true. Got to start somewhere. Exactly. So, what's your dream, bro? What's a dream of yours that you would like to achieve? We've had some amazing ones. Um, I think Barry's is, is a standout just because it, yeah. it, it's such a real and raw response, you know? To make 30 is something that we kind of take for granted. Yeah, yeah, mm. 100%. So, yeah, bro, Listen, what, what what's your uh, dream? There's some tough dreams to follow, as you said. There's been, a, from what I've heard anyway, from the podcast I've listened to, there's a lot to follow up on. Like, there's some goodies in there. Um, I think one, I've got a couple. I think one for me, my main one, in terms of relating it back to my co-papa this year, my um, honours dissertation, is there being more Taonga Takoro being played across the mutu, across Aotearoa. Yo. Um, I think... Tango Takoro as a whole are very much underutilized within schools and within sort of university um, and are definitely a pathway that could be used to sort of incorporate, e- more easily incorporate um, Kopop and Māori into those spaces and it doesn't have to be so intrusive as some people think it is. Like it's literally just playing a game, a traditional Māori game and that might be someone's first step. It was my first step into sort of my Māori journey, my first major step, um, and that could be someone else's. So I feel like it's just a good opportunity um, for someone to find their passion like like I did. Oh, no, that's a mean one. What, what, what are some of the steps that you think you could take to um, begin achieving this dream? <sighs> yeah, there's always going to be a lot of steps. There's always going to be things you can do that could try and better whatever you're trying to achieve. Um, I don't think every, anything's ever going to be perfect, but I think one of the main ones is just be getting Tango Takoro as a whole more, not so much understood, but recognized. Um, you obviously can't go straight away into, oh, today we're doing Kyodahi, we're going to play Kyodahi, or we're going to play another traditional multi game. Like it's got a sort of, but slowly build up to that point where people either feel comfortable or capable of playing the game. Um, so definitely just the recognition as a whole and just trying to get the word out there and just maybe even having social games or whatever and just be, oh, we're going to go play Kyodahi down at Logan Park Fields, like bring your mates along if they don't know how to play all good, Harimai, like get them down here, we'll explain the rules and sort of just make it a non-judgmental space for them to learn and sort of enjoy what I've loved over the last sort of two or three years. Yo, that's mean. That's a great answer. There, bro. Shut up. That's a mean answer. It's one of those questions. Oh, it's one of those, yeah, questions like it could go any any way. And as I said, there's many different routes you could take and different steps you can do to try and achieve your goal or your dream, but nothing's ever going to be perfect. People go about it differently. Yeah, I mean, perfection is kind of, uh, what, what do we call it? A figment of your own imagination. What's perfect to you yeah. is imperf- imperfect to someone else. So. And you're yep. always chasing perfection, which is some far off fucking target off in the bloody lands of impossible. 
<laughs> Bro, hundred percent. That's what I'm thinking about this damn thesis. <laughs> oh, you just I, oh, you you you. I've got no words. I was gonna say like, I, I've got nothing to encourage you. I was just gonna come up with something witty, but you've got this. But it's a shit journey to be on by yourself. Just trust the process. Oh, fuck! Not that again. Yeah, nah, it's, it's it's all good. We'll, we'll get there. We'll, when we cross that bridge, I'm I'm fucking celebrating hard. I'm getting ripped for a week. You need you need to get it done before May grade. Yeah, I'll try to. I'm, I'm well. It depends how long it takes to get marked and how long it takes to find a marker. Hopefully, I can get True. a lot done over December, January, and have it handed in True. by Feb. Yeah. Surely Feb, April, three months. There, sh- there should be plenty enough time to get it marked and find a marker and all that sort of stuff. Surely. Yeah, yeah. So, put a put a timeline on on the uh, completion of this thing. Give give yourself a date to get it done by. You you'll get it done by that date. I promise you. Bro, I've pushed that date out like seven times this year. It was supposed to be done by May this year. Then it was supposed to be done by August. And then it was supposed to be done by September, October, November, December. Now it's going next year. Oh, shit. <laughs> These are the joys, bro, of um, starting a master's. Just be onto it. Don't be like me. Be more like Benja. He got his done with no stress. He was coming into Te Korunga at like 9 in the morning. He'll leave at 3 p.m., go shoot hoops, and that was him. There's, there's not a bad process. Bro, he, he was on. He was on. Shout out, Benja. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Um, the next thing I will ask you is if you could tell yourself, your younger self, let's go with let's go with 19-year-old Nick, a piece of advice. Oof. What would you tell 19-year-old Nick? First year, Nick, trust the process. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the process. Oh, um, I don't know what I'd tell myself to be fair. I think it's what happens happens for a reason. Don't get caught up in tiny things that don't actually matter in the grand scheme of things. I think again, going back to that idea about perfectionism, I was very much um, always wanting to be the top student, whether that was out of the class or just wanting to get the best grades possible. And when I didn't achieve where I thought I was up to, I'd get real negative on myself. So I think I'd just tell myself, like, it's all good to get good grades and stuff like that, but it's not be all end all. Like you've got a social life, you've got Fano, you've got relationships, friendships, um, to sort of cater to as well. Like uni's not be all end all. So again, as much as we've sort of shat on it this podcast, trust the process. Like don't worry about what's what's going to happen in the future what's happened in the past like just be in the present and do what needs to be done so that's some great advice and yeah like you said i guess that's that whole fucking thing you know trust the process it all comes back around Mm. and you realize oh maybe you do just trust the process as much as you want to say fuck the process yeah and the other thing as well is like if i told myself or told 19 year old nick that i was that I've just finished a honours dissertation, I'm looking at doing a master's thesis, 
19 year old would have just laughed in my face and he's gone are oh, you nerd like <laughs> there's no there's no way in first year even like second year that i was going to do any sort of postgrad study so the fact that i'm here and i'm looking at doing further study is just testament of everything happens for a reason like it might not be what you planned out to be but just roll with the flow yo that's a vibe i rate that that's great advice it's a great uh, reflection, too. Hey, has to be done. <laughs> so now the next question is, what do you think you'd tell yourself or what's some advice you give yourself um, in five to ten years? So if you look back on this video in five to ten years' time, what's something that you'd like to hear or you'd like to say to yourself? Keep being yourself. Keep doing you. Don't fall into other people's bullshit and don't fall into other people's negativity and doubting. They might be doubting you. Like just keep doing what you're doing. Cause I think the one thing I've been very lucky this year is having a lot of time to sort of reflect, especially around my post-grad. Like I wasn't sort of happy with where it was going, but after handing in post handing, um, I've had some time to sort of, reflect on the year that's been i was like actually fuck you've done you've gone above and beyond what you thought you would able to do at the start of the year like all the com prior commitments against sports social uh whanau, stuff like that um there's just a lot of things they have to take into account so like just keep being yourself keep doing you keep doing what makes you happy don't buy into other people's sort of persona of what you don't buy into other people's like mold of what they think you should look like or what you should be. Just do what makes you happy. Yo, I love that. I love that. Do what makes you happy, Fano. Don't change for anyone else. Just be you. That's all. That's some great advice. I have, I have a kind of a follow-up question to all of this as well. Is, um, Yo. What question do you wish I'd have asked? And how would you have answered it? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good question. I think when you told me it's like, oh, do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, real keen. I was like, okay, I need to mentally prepare myself. Like, what do I want to talk about? Like, what am I going to be asked? Um, so I guess I sort of thought about questions you'd ask me, but I didn't actually expect to talk about it for the ones that I didn't get asked. Um I don't think there's any I really. Um I think the one thing I might have thought I got asked more about was possibly actually no I lie I was going to say Maori hockey but you talked about that uh, time management um, all that sort of stuff like from Te Koronga all yeah all the ones I sort of were main talking points and my journey as well my Maori journey was a big thing that I wanted to talk about um, and like it's not all peaches and roses. Um, but yeah, I think I think you answered most of the, or asked most of the questions I was sort of expecting. And I talked about everything I sort of wanted to. <laughs> Was there, is there anything you'd like to say then that that we haven't quite covered yet that we might be able to chop it up about? Oh, nah, bro. I feel like I'm I'm pretty happy with how this has gone. Like I'm, <laughs> I love talking about I love talking about my maybe more about my postgrad about my research um but like my journey was the main thing i wanted to talk about i think and just sort of how everything sort of come together and come to fruition yo yo 
Well then, how does, how does your journey, um, your post-grad career that's just beginning, how is all of that going to tie in together to create this new version of Nick that we, we're currently seeing growing and evolving? How, how does all of that contribute? I think the the experiences that you get from like post-grad from your other sort of um, other commitments um, and the journey that you go through and sort of the highs and the lows, the peaks and the troughs, those experiences build who you are and sort of build the resilience that you need. So when you enter sort of adult life or out post sort of uni, um, you've got the resilience to sort of stand up to any shit that might, that might be happening, whether that's, within the workplace, within far no relationships, whatever, um, that resilience that you build up over time is really important. And I don't think um, it's actually looked at enough, like around, especially around mental health, um, all those wee things that sort of poke you. It's like poking your bear with a stick. Like the more that you poke it, the more it gets agitated, the more it gets pissed off. I feel like that's mental health as well. Like the more those wee things keep bothering you, the more it starts to build up and build up and eventually you start going down a wee bit of a spiral and it just doesn't sort of work out the way that you wanted it to. So that resilience is sort of bounced back after being down in the dumps or things not going right. The resilience to bounce back and be like, actually, no, I've got this um, is something that uni, post-grad and the, my journey in particular, I think has taught me quite well. Yo, nah, that's mean. And so you touched a little bit on um, mental health and that's a, that's a huge co-papa for everybody. What are mm. some of your uh, methods in dealing with uh, some of those issues that may arise to you know, cause any extra stress on your uh, mental health? Great question. I think, again, being sport, orientated and loving sport that's my biggest coping mechanism um so especially throughout winter when things were starting to sort of ramp up with dissertation and things were getting a bit stressful um my sort of release point was through hockey um whether that was training or the game and it's kind of dependent on how hockey went how i would then respond later in the week so if we had like a really bad training then they'd sort of put me in a Bit, bit more of a hole um, but if we had a really good training and played really well then it sort of made me feel a lot better um, and I was able to bounce back the following week and sort of start when as soon as it came Monday was able to hit the ground running at the start of the week but if I had a bit of a shitter in the weekend play didn't play so well um, then it'd start the week off probably a bit slower than what I would have wanted so I think sport had a major influence um Again, going back to the outdoors, trying to get out and about as much as possible, trying to get as much fresh air. Um, again, doing small things like watching the sunset, sunrise may seem odd to other people, but to me, that's just something that I use to sort of release. Listen to music as well is another big one. Just trying to take my use, do things to take things off, uh, take my mind off things. Sorry, that would otherwise distract me or put me further in sort of a hole or get me upset um so just any distraction i could sort of find with the main ones being sport music and sort of outdoors yo that's me that's great advice um i i yeah 
do think outdoors has a huge healing aspect to it. Eh? Just getting outside for a bit, getting away from a little bit of technology and just disengage from that social media life and just re-engage with to tie off for a little bit. Aye, and that green space, blue space as well has got a lot of healing properties. I don't think a lot of people really sort of click onto until you're there and you're like, oh, actually, this is, this is very helpful. Like, this is unreal. Yeah, like I'm a big fan of the beach. Except here, like, we got black sand. It's not the greatest. It's very hot in summer. But, nah, big fan of the beaches. Uh, we got this dope-ass lookout point. It's um, by Paritutu Rock. It's nice, just chill up there, kick back. You got greenery, you got the oceans. It's, it's a nice place to just go relax for a bit. And then there's like some twisty roads, so you can carve that up on your motorbike. It's pretty fun. Oosh. <laughs> yeah, that's mean. Yeah, bro. That's mean. No, it's so much fun. Another thing I wanted to ask is um, something that I've talked about with a few of my mates in our friend groups and stuff like that is um, the importance of uh, good relationships and those friendships that you build um throughout university or even you know through your work life and stuff like that you know well, well, why is that important is that important to you yeah definitely i think for me again going back to my journey when i started uh pe first year i knew no one so there was no one from my school that was going into the pe degree at the time um so i was pretty much all by myself in a class of 300 200 300 odd students and i was coming from a school that overall had was quite big overall we had about 800 900 students but our class size uh, the biggest we would have got to was 30 and now you're in a lecture theater with 300 and you're just sort of looking around wide-eyed thinking oh my god i need to make friends with someone otherwise i'm going to look like a loser like i'm going to be all on my lonesome so that was again another stress that i didn't need going into my first day of uni um, but the relationships and the friendships that I've built from uni are hands down some of the best memories that I'll, that I'll ever have. Um, and definitely those friendships and those relationships are um, important to me in terms of they are sort of helped me, helped create who I am um, in terms of the friend that I want to be and the friend that I am to them. Yo, yeah, hard up. I feel like it's more important to be a good friend than to have good friends. I think anyway, because then it's yeah. a reflection of who you are as a person. And then those people kind of just gravitate to you. So you end up with a group of good people. Yeah. hundred percent. And I was very, very lucky um, on my first day. I saw, I saw a couple of people that I knew. Um, so I had an interview with Michaela Gray, one of my good mates. Uh, she had an interview with me at the same time at Unipol, she got the job, I didn't, but I still knew her. So I sort of, was, I went over and said hi. And then another one of my mates, real good mates, Gabby, she went to school with Michaela. So there was two people and I did a course with Gabby in year 13 in 2018 around sport and like nutrition and all that, like the ideal athlete um, at the Polytech. So I knew those two. And then once I had those two, I sort of just, I was like a wee sheep. I followed them. <laughs> I followed the shepherd um, for the first, oh, I don't know how long, two weeks. So I followed those two around <laughs> and eventually our group grew to about 10 or so over the course of the next few years. Um, and we all keep in real close touch with each other. Um, but it's, yeah, it's quite funny how you sort of stick to a couple people or a group and then eventually that group just 
grows and grows and grows. Right. It's so mean. Until it's not. And when everyone leaves and then it's kind of just you left and you're like, have you seen that meme of Will Smith in that empty house at the end of Fresh Prince of Ballet? Like, that's how you feel, man. You're just looking around like, bro. <laughs> Where did everyone go? Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite lucky. Michaela and Gabby are both uh, locals. They're both from Dunedin, so I can still see them um, often enough. Um, there's a couple more. Um, Sam's gone up to Wellington. Um, George's, she's still based down here. Ben, one of my good mates, I knew him from school. He's still based here. He's doing physio. So he's still keeping relatively good touch with everyone. Um, and everyone's sort of with in close proximity to each other. How do you guys manage um, those those long-distance friendships? Uh, do you guys set up any, like, catch-ups or uh, what do you call them, like, friendiversaries where you all just get together and go to a beer fest or something? Oh, I wish, I wish. We actually go, I'm going up to Wellington uh, to see my flatmates from last year. So me, uh, my flatmate this year, Zach, uh, me and him are going up to Wellington. I think a few, a few others and Zach's girlfriend. So we're all going up and just going up there to sort of catch up with the bro. Um, and then I think we're going north for like a wee ticky tour, go camping or something or like get out of Wellington. So I was like, if we go further north, oh, do you think we could go to Otaki? <laughs> yeah bro 100 percent. so we're just like yeah we do small things like that but apart from that not really just talk on group chats just keeping comms um keeping close comms with each other but not really any catch-ups if people come down to dunners then it's a bit easier because it's sort of all based here um uh, yeah. so we kind of we try and convince everyone to come down here so we can do something not go up there um that's just us being selfish. Yeah, bro. It is hard, eh? Like, um, managing those relationships and those expectations that some people have to, you know, keep in touch all the time, but life gets hectic, man. Yeah. You can't always... Oh, exactly. So you just it's can't... one of those things that you just sort of, you got to take it as it comes. Like, people need to realise that you're busy. If you're busy, then you just need to let them know, like, keep good communication, stuff like that. But say you're still keen to catch up, like the, the more you just say, oh, no, I can't, and then just leave it at that, like no wonder friend groups sort of fall out because the communications are that shit. Just, yeah. like, hey, just like tell them, oh, I'm really stressed out at the moment with uni, with work, whatever. Bro, hard up. This is, you, like the pro Barry says, you're never too busy just to catch up. Reschedule if you can. That's the exactly. main thing. And fuck, if Bang you can't on. catch up, ring them. Just have yeah, to catch exactly. up over the phone. Fuck, that easy. Everyone does everything over FaceTime and Messenger call now anyway, so there's no harm in, there's no harm in doing that instead. Hard, hard. Is there anything that you want to say before we wrap up the end of the show here? Nah, bro. I've pretty much covered everything that I've, that I've wanted to. I'm glad we actually talked about mental health at the end because um, that's another point that I'm um, quite sort of keen on. But nah, follow the bro, 99 Dreams. I'm assuming if you're listening to this, then you're already following him. I hope so anyway. Subscribe, please. I've only got 21 subscribers. Let's get some more subscribers. Oh, shit. Um, nah, nothing for me, bro. Um, I'm an open book. But yeah, follow the bro. If you, oh, if you want to talk to me as well, I think Rawadi will check the social up. Yeah, um, socials will be down here. Yeah, always keen for a quarter stuff like that.
do you have any preferred social media like i think most i'm just throwing everyone's instagram on there I think Instagram's just more universal. I think it's just a lot easier yeah. and then you can go further from there if you'd like. Uh, it, yeah. No one really uses Facebook. It's only Messenger that people use Facebook for. Yeah. And like to if, sign into our Tekoro on Mondays. Yeah, true. Oh, LinkedIn as well. LinkedIn's always a good one. That seems to be popping off. Oh, yeah. Well, send me your LinkedIn and I'll tag it in the video below. Everything will be in the description below. Yeah, bro. Easy. Well, we've come to the end of the show, brother. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been a, an amazing quarter. I've had so much fun. Uh, we've, we've covered such a variety of things. And in, in, in your, your short lifespan, you've, you've done quite a lot, bro. You should be proud of yourself, man. Cheers, brother. No, I appreciate you having me on. I um, appreciate quarter as always. Nah, hard. Just like I tell everyone, man, this show is nothing without the guests. So anyone else want to jump on, hit me up. Let me know. Always keen to have more guests. We pump out amazing conversations like this. But thank you so much, Nick, for jumping on. Again, his socials will be linked down in the description below. Like, comment, subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify, well, that doesn't apply to you. Just, I don't know, rate me five. Give me five stars, please. Surely this is worth it. Give him the stars. Give me the five stars. Give him the five stars. <laughs> but no, thank you so much, everybody. This is the 99 Dreams Podcast. I'm Rawari. My guest today has been Nick Parata. Thank you so much for listening. Mori ore te Kakete. Stay safe.